The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Pre-Med Year, session number 405. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Today is a special day. I'm recording this on August 24th, 2020, and MAPT is live as a public beta. Now, what does public beta mean? Well, it means that you can go sign up and actually have a free trial over at mapped.com, M-A-P-P-D.com. But the beta part of it is keep your expectations maybe a little bit lower than than uh, you think. Mapped, we have huge visions for Mapped. We've uh, we had a focus group with some pre-health advisors recently, a, a director of admissions at a medical school recently, and they loved Mapped. They see the vision of what we have in store for Mapped where it will help your advisors in the future. We have plans to add advisor accounts so the advisors can go in and see what you are doing on the back end to offer advice to you when you go for your meetings with your advisors and so much more. We have the algorithms that we want to install. I think a lot of people, when they sign up for MAPT right now in this beta phase, they they are less than enthused because they don't see all of the fancy stuff yet. And that's okay. I want you to understand that it's coming. We needed to get the foundation laid. We needed to understand how students wanted to use this. What did we need? What did we don't, what did we didn't need? <laughs> Whatever language that is. And and much more, right? We, we needed that foundation. We needed the outer walls in place. I've, I've been using this analogy and I've been known for horrible analogies. So excuse me if this is another bad one, but we're building a house. We have the foundation laid, we have the outer walls built, and now we're going in and building the individual rooms and adding the fancy marble countertops and all the fancy fixtures. All of that is coming, but you can go take it for a spin. Right now, you can go in and enter your courses. If you have gone to a school where we don't have your courses yet, it'll let you know that we don't have your courses yet and you can't enter your courses. That is so that we can standardize all of this data, which will make it easier for us to offer advice and, and give feedback in the long run. We didn't want students to go in and for for instance, University of Florida, for me, CHEM 2045 is CHM 2045. I'm pretty sure if I remember that correctly, right? I don't want some students typing CHEM 2045. I don't want some students naming the course Gen Chemistry or Gen Chem or General Chemistry. We want it all standardized to make 
to make it better for you and better in the long run for us to offer the data. You can enter your courses if your school's there. If not, just give us a little bit of time. We'll upload that. Uh, we have entered in over 600, um, close to 700 schools at this point. So hopefully your school is there. Uh, we, you can go in and track your activities. You can start putting in diary entries for everything that you have done that you will do. So that when, when it comes time to applying, your stuff will be there. We have a lot more features coming for that. Uh, you can start tracking your MCAT. You can start searching for schools and building a school list. Again, a lot of the, the fancy features where you add a school and you're missing a prereq, that stuff is coming. Like we'll, we'll warn you big, Hey, you added the school. It requires anatomy and physiology. You haven't taken in that yet, right? That stuff is coming. So go check it out, mapped.com. Right now during this public beta period, $6.99 a month or $69.99 a year. It is a subscription so that we can continue to build features over time and guide you on your journey to medical school. We're going to jump into a Q&A on Instagram all about virtual interviews and how to prepare for them, what to do, and much more. So let's go ahead and dive in and start answering some questions. All right, so the first question we have is, is it okay to have an outline of talking points and answers by your computer, but out of view? Now, let me ask you, would you bring an outline of talking points and answers to your real interview? If the answer is no, which I'm hoping it is, if the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't do that in your real interview. Because what's going to happen is you are not a trained television, uh, like on air personality, right? The people who are running the news or they, uh, the sports center anchors, all of those people, they have, they have little uh, uh, earbuds in their ear. They have the teleprompters in front of them. They are trained to constantly take in information as they are spitting out information. You are not trained to do that. And so what's going to happen is you're going to be looking over here, uh, uh, away from the screen going, um, uh, oh, where, where was that again? Oh shoot, I lost my place. Where, oh, oh wait, no, I think I mentioned that already. Don't do that, right? Treat the virtual interview. That's the first and only thing that you take away from this episode. Treat the virtual interview like a real interview, whether it's an MMI virtual interview or a regular in-person virtual interview, right? In-person one-on-one virtual interview. Treat it like a real interview. Don't try to set up cheat sheets and, and post-it notes all over the place. It's not going to help. And in fact, it will distract you and it will hinder you. So, so no, I would not set up uh, the little cheat sheets. In my book, I mentioned how important eye contact is. For a virtual interview, again, treat it like real life. I've done some virtual interviews, right? My one-on-one -on -one interviews that I do with students is all through, through Zoom or Skype, uh, where the students are like fixed on the camera and they're like, stop staring at me. It's just awkward, right? That, that's not eye contact. Normal, normal, normal. It's normal for you to, as you're thinking, to look around a little bit and then come back and, and center yourself on the interviewer. And obviously for these virtual interviews, you have two options. You can either look at the screen 
where you're looking at the interviewer, hopefully not yourself. Try, try to get yourself off of the screen as much as possible. We as humans love looking at ourselves, right? We love mirrors and, and admiring ourselves in, in the mirrors and, and our reflection. Try not to look at yourself. Look at the interviewer. Some students will try to force themselves, as I'm doing right now as I'm recording this on Instagram Live, looking right at the camera. I think it's a little bit more awkward because we, as humans, in a virtual environment, aren't used to that. Right? The, the iPhone, iOS, last year had a feature that they, they trialed and they had the ability when you were FaceTiming with someone, I, I, don't, I think they took it out. I haven't seen it anywhere where they would they would shift your eyes up to make it look like you were actually looking at the camera instead of looking at the screen. And people wigged out about it because it's like, no, that, that's not what I'm doing. Like, and, and I'm not used to that. So we in a virtual environment, we're used to seeing people not look directly at the camera. And that's OK, as long as it looks like you're looking at the screen. So that that would be um, something to think about. Let's talk about just general room ambiance to to begin with, right? The best, obviously, is if you're in your own room in a quiet spot. I, I know it's not uh, available for everyone, but as best as you can, try to have somewhat of a neutral background, get the get the kind of distractions uh, from behind you off the walls, if you have hooks on the back of your door, hanging stuff. I did a virtual interview with a student the other day and she had a bra hanging on her door, right? And, and it's a bra, it's a piece of, piece of clothing. And, and I joked, I'm like, yeah, maybe for your real interview, like let's take the bra off the, the, the door. And she was, she was, uh, she laughed about that. So just remove the distractions as much as possible. If you uh, have lights in your room that are kind of the the recessed lights and and you notice there's one behind you and depending on where you're sitting it's either blocked by your head or if you move a little bit it's showing that will f- potentially freak out the camera as it's trying to figure out how much exposure to put on your face so a couple things that you can do in that situation you can either Shut the lights off and open all the windows if you have access to windows and try to sit in front of the window for good natural lighting. Or what I've even recommended is just unscrew that one light bulb that's going to be right behind your head and let the other lights show. As much as possible for lighting, and and uh, I'm not going to move my tripod around to, to show you, but I have big lights here. You can actually see a, a little bit light in the background. Those aren't on right now because I'm not recording video video, but the as best as possible you want the light coming from in front of you and you don't need to go invest in fancy lights or anything a window is one of the best things if you can have it right in front of you or just off to the side a, a window uh, light is is great for that if you have a, a a table lamp that you can move like kind of behind the camera that would be great as well just play with it before your actual interview open up uh open up Skype or open up Zoom where the, it's going to activate your camera and you can play with those and see how those work. Some basic things, right? Some basic things just from a computer standpoint. I'm a huge computer nerd, right? Restart your computer so that everything is fresh, ready to rock. Make sure that you launch whatever app you're going to use well ahead of time so that if there's any updates that need to run, if anything's going to happen, make sure that all that happens well before your actual interview. 
I recommend on a Mac, if you are a Mac user, I recommend an app called Trip. Uh, what's it called? I forgot now. It's called Trip Mode. T R I P M O D E. Trip Mode. And I use this. It's a small little app. I use this app when I'm in hotel rooms where the Wi Fi is not great and I, I need better internet. It allows me to turn on and off what has access to the internet on an application by application basis. So that during your interview, if you have Dropbox or Google Drive or Netflix or iTunes or whatever's running, you're not going to be in the middle of your interview and all of a sudden Dropbox is like, hey, I want to go download everything that you have on your Dropbox account. And now all of a sudden your internet is borked. So you, you don't want to do that. So figure out a way potentially to, to shut off the internet to everything other than what you need for your virtual interview. And again, trip mode, T-R-I-P-M-O-D-E is what I use on a Mac. You can just Google trip mode, um, trip mode, alternatives for windows. We'll probably find that, uh, this is being recorded for the podcast. Definitely. Uh, as I'm recording for the podcast. So answering questions here. Um, let's talk about camera presence for an interview camera position first. So as I'm recording this, my camera height on my phone is right above my eyes almost, right? If I'm looking straight, my camera is just a little bit above my eyes. And we've all seen the person whose camera is well below their eyes. And you're like, oh, nice nostrils. I, I, I see that, right? Oh, you got a little booger up there. Um, you might, might want to go blow your nose. So try to position. And, and if you could see my desk right now, I have this, this setup where my, my MCAT books that have been given to me by various MCAT companies uh, are my my stand for my laptop so that I can get my laptop high enough, number one, just for purposes of looking at the screen for good ergonomics, but number two, so that the camera is at a good eye level to where it's it's flattering for my face, it's not uh, looking up my nostrils and everything else. So try to get the camera up uh, right above your eye level typically is what I see recommended. For camera, and I've, I've learned this over time doing YouTube videos and, and doing Instagram lives and everything else, is usually you have to be a little bit more animated than normal. If you're in, 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 in person, in real life, sitting across the table from the interviewer, they're going to be able to take a lot more cues from you than just your face and shoulder area, which is a lot of what's going to be captured on video. And so you're going to have to express yourself even more, right? Smile a little bit bigger, have better intonation in your voice to seem more excited, right? Open your eyes and use your eyebrows, right? Hopefully, uh, I've been thinking about getting some Botox. Hopefully, you're not too Botoxed up if you if you participate in that. And if you do, let me know how it is because I'm thinking about it for myself. But um, hopefully, you're not too Botoxed up to where you can have those emotions running solid on the camera. So over emote for the video. And obviously you don't want to get too crazy. You don't want to be a caricature of yourself, but you want to just go a little bit more where uh, potentially you are not comfortable, right? Just a little bit out of your comfort zone. And you can practice these things beforehand. So um, check that out as well. Um, so camera position, uh, looking at the camera, att attire, right? You're going for an interview. 
as I said at the beginning, treat the virtual interview as if it's a real interview. Dress up, right? Wear a suit. If you want to be cool and, and wear, wear boxers below and a suit top above, great. Rock that. Just make sure you don't stand up in the middle of your interview. Uh, you, you don't want to do that. So, uh, yes, Botox does help headaches. Um, so that's good. Maybe I should say I have headaches and get some some free, bo- free Botox. Um, here's another question, right? Will interviewers look negatively on, on if pets interrupt the interviewer? I don't think so. All right. We have gotten to a place and I've listened to a bunch of podcasts uh, because I'm a, a podcast addict and businesses who have historically, right, and most businesses have said, look, we're, we're never going virtual. I know it's possible, but I don't trust people. They're not going to do their work and, and they're going to be distracted and every, all of these excuses. But obviously this pandemic has proved, well, it has forced, right, forced us to, be, to, to go virtual. And it's proven to employers that number one, their employees do do the work. But number two, it's allowed a better connection with their employees because now people can see like oh this is a home life that i've never seen before for some reason maybe the employee thought oh i I can't talk about my pets at work that's unprofessional and i'm not supposed to do that or i can't talk about my kids right if if you have a pet that interrupts just laugh it off and say, I'm, I'm so sorry. My, my schnauzer is, uh, my schnauzer, um, uh, uh, Skittles is, is barking in the background. Uh, she usually stops after a couple of minutes. All right. And just, and just, just roll with it. And, and hopefully what happens is the interviewer goes, Oh, I have a schnauzer too. That's amazing. Right. And then you talk about schnauzers for 30 minutes and that would be phenomenal. So, treat it like real life, right? If, if you were sitting, uh, in the, in your living room across from another person and your dog interrupted, right? You would grab the dog and pet it. If your dog is bothering you at your feet, the dog's not going to stop bothering you. Pick it up and start petting it. And then just be like, this is the only way that that my dog will stop bothering me is if I just pet it. So, and then just keep talking, right? It will humanize you. It's not unprofessional. It's, it's the times that we're living in that those sorts of distractions are going to happen. If you had a, a kid run in, right? Maybe your your spouse or loved one, your your partner is supposed to be watching the kid and they're indisposed in the bathroom and your kid runs in like the the BBC uh, anchor, the, the BBC correspondent did a couple of years ago that was hilarious. And now it's happening to everyone, right? That's just normal. So just just play it off like normal. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, my, my partner is supposed to be watching the kid and, and just get up, right? And there's a good reason to wear pants. Get up, take the kid out and, and come right back. It's better than the BBC guy just holding your arm out and, and like clotheslining your kid. So just, I, I want you to stress less about the potential interruptions because those will humanize you and, and just show who you are and show the, the, potential issues and struggles that you've had studying for the MCAT, studying for your classes, everything else that's going on, right? Hopefully the interviewer will see that. And if an interviewer thinks that's unprofessional, screw them. You don't want to go to that school anyway. So (laughs) that's what I say about that. All right. Um, All right. So more questions here. Um, 
A lot of these questions from Medicine and Moscato. Is a MacBook camera microphone sufficient or do we need to buy better ones? A MacBook camera is fine. The, the MacBook Pro and, and MacBook Air cameras, they're horrible, but they're fine, right? Um, I have an upgraded USB camera. The problem is if you wanted to go buy one, which you can, but it's not going to make or break. The biggest thing that determines the quality of your image is your lighting, not the camera. So if you can get in front of a nice big, um, a, a big light, a big window, then the MacBook camera is perfectly fine. Almost every camera built into the laptop will be perfectly fine. The lighting is what will make or break the video. So don't worry about the video. It, it's been shown, if, like especially for YouTube, that viewers are more forgiving of video issues than they are of audio issues. And so if I can recommend one thing for audio, it would be to to use a headset uh, to, number one, put the sound in your ears, and number two, have that microphone close to your mouth. The only thing you have to be careful of when that microphone is is in the headset wire is if it's rubbing on your hair or your clothes. And so you may need a way to to hold it away from you, whether that's with your hand or some other way, just to be careful of, of not having that microphone rub on your clothes or your hair. So the... If you want to use the built-in, right, if you don't have a headset or, or those earbuds that come with an iPhone or, or most phones these days that will plug into your computer and work as both a microphone and headsets, just use it as a headset. The problem with using the computer speakers and microphone is that the software tries to cancel out sound when the person on the other end is speaking, right? The the software is smart enough to know, okay, the, the person who you're talking to is speaking. So I'm going to shut off the microphone so that their sound coming through your speakers doesn't go right back into the microphone and feedback right to them, right? The, the software is smart enough to do that. The problem is when you, and hopefully you don't do this a lot during an interview, when you interrupt and try to speak over that person, what happens is they can't hear you because your microphone has been muted by the software as, as a noise canceling thing, right? That's just a feature of the software. And same thing for them, right? If they don't have a headset and they don't have microphones, keep that in the back of your mind to go, if, if I speak over them or, or if I'm talking and they start talking, they might not know that I won't be able to hear them. And so if you notice that they start talking, I would just immediately shut my mouth so that I can hear them to make sure that their sound is coming through. Um, <laughs> so someone, someone said, uh, I, I attended a virtual pre-interview session. They told us headsets were not recommended because it looked uh, at unprofessional. They recommended something like AirPods that you can possibly hide. I call that bullshit, baloney. Right. I, I think uh, obviously AirPods are wonderful. I, I don't think the sound from AirPods is great. Actually, I, I have I always have a set of AirPods with me everywhere I go um, because I listen to podcasts all day long. But guess what? AirPods are expensive. Not everyone has access to AirPods. And so they have access to what they have. Uh, and so what I would do um, if they're going to be I can't, the bad, bad words for these people. If they're going to be people who are that ignorant to go, oh, that's unprofessional. 
we're in a pandemic doing a virtual interview. And so what you need to do is you say, you know what? Uh, the sound for my speakers isn't great. Do you mind if I wear my headset so I can hear you, you well, uh, and you can hear well, hear me well, right? Or my mic, uh, isn't that great on my computer. Do you mind if, right? So set it up from the beginning. Maybe, maybe you, you get permission from that interviewer right away um, to do that. The other potential thing you can do, depending on how, um, uh, how long your cord is, is you could potentially put your earbuds in and put it behind your collar so that they're coming up from behind your head, right? And use some scotch tape, right? In, in the video world, we have uh, we have what's called gaffer's tape that we stick everywhere and anywhere. Um, and uh, it holds it holds stuff where it needs to be. So you could potentially try putting the, the, air, the, the headphones in and having it come here, but it's going behind your neck. Uh, so just you could potentially try that as well. The AirPods equals admission. Oh, you have AirPods? You're one of us. Welcome to the club, um, idiots. <laughs> so I can't stand the, the the true colors of people are definitely showing these days. So uh, that's another one. Sound. Uh, where should I place my laptop or PC in my virtual interview? So I talked already about uh, placement in terms of height, so that the camera is just a little bit above your uh, eye level. Uh, obviously, you still want to be able to type and do things, and and a lot of time you can do that. Hopefully you don't need to do any typing or anything, so that's that's okay. In in my current setup, I have my my laptop up on top of my exam crackers, MCAT books, and a couple uh, next step slash blueprint MCAT books. But I I have uh, a separate mouse and keyboard to to manipulate the computer as I'm using it. So uh, put that up high again from a location standpoint for lighting in front of a in front of a window if you can. All right. Um, not, uh, not, that one's not interview related. So getting to the next one, have people been getting interview invites? Yes, they have. People have been getting interview invites and interviewing. Um, do you think it would be beneficial to position the camera where the interviewer can see you talk with your hands? Would it be distracting to the interviewer? What's up, JP? Um, oh, I'm so scared. JP's here. Uh, just kidding. I love you, JP. Um, the, I was thinking about this either last night or this morning, all right? As I was talking about earlier with needing to emote just a little bit louder and prouder for video, the, the question I had is, would bringing your hands in a little bit more show that, that you are there and doing your thing or would it be distracting? I think hands get very distracting very quickly. And so I think, I think you can, uh, obviously I, I wouldn't recommend here. Here's another thing that, that kind of is related. I wouldn't recommend if you have a, uh, like a desk chair that you're sitting in, I would recommend not putting your back against the chair so that you're free to move around a little bit more, right? You're free to, to move and show that, that body language. And you're not like glued to the chair going, Oh my God, I'm so scared. I don't know what to do. 
Am I smiling enough? Dr. Gray said to smile more. Okay, now I'm smiling. I'm blinking, right? You, you, don't, you don't want to be frozen. You take, take your back off and the, the chair that I'm sitting in is just a stool. So I'm free to, to move wherever I need to move. Right? If, you, if you're one of those cool people that sit on a stability ball, like rock it. Like if, if that is where you are comfortable, do it. Um, the, 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 my, my advisor said to exaggerate my hand movement since my laptop is elevated. Again, hand movements get very distracting. I would exaggerate a little bit your facial expressions and, and movements in that way. And, and maybe show that you're moving your hands, right? You can, you can see as I'm, I'm showing this for, for you podcast listeners, I'm showing on Instagram live, I'm moving my shoulders around and, uh, and it's not distracting. You can see that I'm moving, but my hands aren't over here going, hello, I'm just, I'm showing you my hands to show you that I have hands, right? That's, it, it gets a little bit crazy. Um, so that's, that's something to think about. Um, let's talk about internet connections, right? Obviously the best internet connection is where you are actually wired into the modem. If you cannot do that, what I would recommend is is testing your internet connection. The site that I use is called speedtest.net. Go to the location where you are thinking about doing a video interview, run speedtest.net and see what the upload and download speeds are, right? Download would be you seeing their video, upload would be your video going out to them. If you are above three or four megabytes a second upload and download, you will very likely be perfectly fine for a video interview. You don't need a ton of bandwidth for those purposes. The the software uh, that's been streamlined and, and they're they're relatively efficient for those purposes. One thing to potentially look at, and I don't know if speed test does this, but you could Google it, is searching for uh, searching for what's called packet loss. And again, I'm a, a huge computer nerd, so I know these terms, but now I'm teaching you. And packet loss is when you're talking, and, and we've all seen this, when we're talking uh, on a video interview, and all of a sudden it's like talking, 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 and then garble. And then talking, 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 like it's all normal, and then it's garbled. And then it's all normal, and it's garbled. The, the way that Wi-Fi works, and, and packet loss is through, with Wi-Fi, the way that Wi-Fi works is each all of the information is being sent in little packets, right? If you want to think of little little envelopes carrying the the mail to the to your modem and router and everything, and and sometimes there's packet loss, and packet loss is a sign of either interference or just a bad Wi-Fi signal to begin with, potentially because of interference. And so you want to potentially be in a location where you don't have a lot of packet loss, so um, so that you. Uh, have a good signal throughout the call, right? And obviously there are going to be hiccups, but you don't want consistent where it's like every three seconds, the the interviewer knows, okay, I I see it coming, right? And they're counting in their head and now they're completely distracted from your answers and they're just going, okay, one, two, three, there it is again. One, two, three, there it is again, right? So so really just making sure there, there's lots of software that you can run on your computer, um, speedtest.net, look for uh, testing packet loss, just Google search, that kind of stuff, and see where you're going to sit. Maybe temporarily you go and buy, and thankfully, um, uh, internet cable is relatively cheap. You can buy really long runs of internet cable really uh, inexpensively 
to, to potentially run to your room if that will help. So with that said, the, the other thing, I, I mentioned this, I, I think I, I tweeted about this. Uh, I've done several mock interviews now where students are, are in their room and you can hear off in the distance or right next to them, their smoke detector going off because the battery needs to be changed. So if, you, uh, if you're one of those people where you're in a mock interview or not a mock interview, a virtual interview, and your smoke detector is going off every two minutes, but you don't hear it because you've tuned it out, which is very likely the case, but the interviewer hears it, that's not going to look very good. So really, really, really pay attention to the, set, the sounds that everything is making around you especially those smoke detector batteries, change those, right? And it always, what will happen is you've changed them all, you've listened, nothing's happening. And then in the middle of your interview, one's going to start going off and that happens. And again, apologize, be like, oh, I, I checked all my batteries. Why did that happen? Right. And just again, play it off and, and, uh, and just go along with, uh, with your day. Um, all right. Uh, a general interview question here. In a blind interview, at what point do the interviewers have access to our app afterward? So so the, the whole point of a blind interview is they don't know who you are. They come in without any sort of bias toward you or your scores or anything else. They just, they want to come and try to understand who you are. Usually after that, then they'll have access to your application. All right, moving on. Lots of good questions here. Proper attire we talked about, right? Real life suit, um, tie, treat it like a real interview. Um, the so, so here's a question. This is a general interview question. Is it unprofessional to say, before we start, I was curious what your specialty is. Yes, it's they're interviewing you. You're not interviewing them. So I, I wouldn't try to hijack and go, oh, and this is very common. I see it all the time. Uh, they go, oh, I heard it shows interest if you ask questions. And so I'm going to I'm gonna ask questions just so that I'm interested. And really all it does is like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be interviewing you. It just gets annoying. So I, I wouldn't try to play that game. Um, how do I convey engaging body language, right? So I talked about it. Don't, don't glue your back to your chair, sit up straight and, and just move around as, as natural as possible, uh, during the interview. Again, I wouldn't get your, make sure your hands are in the, in the camera so that it's super distracting. Um, all right. What else do we have going on here? How to start prepping for Vita. So Vita is the virtual interview, something assessment um uh <laughs> i uh the the vita from the AMC. i had another name for it uh, that i came up with very like very interested in taking your assets or something right always always asking for more money more always asking for more cash is what i call the AMC. um i i think vita is silly and not needed and uh, a waste of time. Rosalind Franklin, unfortunately, for some reason, uh, I'll call them out specifically because the AMC has said, this is not a replacement for an interview. And Rosman, Rosalind Franklin's like, guess what? You were using Vita as the interview. So uh, I, I can't, I, I don't know why they're doing that. Um, but hey, 
It's their prerogative. I emailed them. I'm like, is it true that you're doing this? And they're like, as our website states. Um, I'm like, okay, little, a little shade thrown back at me. Um, so Vita, uh, Vita is Vita. Uh, Vita is going to be very similar to, uh, to Casper, very similar potentially to the SGT, where you're going to get potentially some situational tests but very likely, and, and some students are already taking Vita and getting invited for it, and, and you will get an invitation from Higherview, which is the company that runs Vita, right? The AAMC is like, we developed this, but like, no, you just, you license it from Higherview. So um, the, the Higherview platform will send you an invitation when a school sends you an invitation for Vita, uh, which is usually when you've been invited for an interview. That's how most schools are using it. Um, Vita is, is Vita. It's all the, the normal stuff, right? I, I would dress as if it's an interview, um, and, and go through and answer the questions. It's treat it like an interview and the questions that come up about why you want to be a doctor or, uh, potentially, um, why you want to come to the school. If, if that potentially is a question, I, I, I forget the questions that WMC has, uh, is controlling the list. So that's potentially one thing to recognize is that the individual schools, aren't dictating the questions. As far as I know, from what I've read, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I read, the AAMC is, is dictating what questions are being asked. So, all right. Uh, what determines who gets the first interview invites? Usually it's stats, right? Just plain and simple. The, the schools are, are looking at stats typically first, unfortunately. And this year obviously is, is very weird with MCAT being there and not being there. Uh, however that potentially is. So, uh, but usually you will find that students with the highest stats are getting the interviews first. And then as the, the application cycle goes on, uh, the, the students with kind of the, the mid tier stats, so to speak, are going to be, uh, getting those interview invites. Um, I don't know if this was talked about, what is appropriate, inappropriate background? So background, uh, again, you want it potentially as generic as possible. I, I mentioned not having like uh, clothing in the background, like a, a bra hanging on the door, like a mock interview I did recently with a student. Um, it, it can show some personality. That's perfectly fine. As long as there's nothing inappropriate, right? And, and um, inappropriate obviously is is in the eye of the beholder, but uh, inappropriate would obviously be like no no pinup posters and and stuff like that. You don't you don't want. To, I mean, if you if you were a huge InSync fan, and you got a huge uh, sync poster behind you. Rock it, right? Own it, <laughs> own it. Whew. All right. Um, I think that's all the questions that we have about. Um, about virtual interviews. So that is our podcast for today for our Instagram live. So I'm going to end the podcast here. All right, there you have it. Another awesome Q&A pre-med years in the books. Please go check out mapped.com, M-A-P-P-D.com. It's live now. You can sign up for a free two week trial. Hope you enjoy it. And again, uh, the best is yet to come. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years.
This is MedEd Media.